0: Good evening, my friends, and welcome to Hitchens on Horror. I am your host, Josh Hitchens, and we are exploring 12 Nights of Terror, the best movies in holiday fear, and this is night number 8, Jack Frost. So, I think it's time for a little bit of levity in our 12 Nights of Terror series. We've seen some pretty heavy movies in the past couple days, but Jack Frost is something very different. It is a great horror Christmas camp classic, and there are very few movies that fit into that category, but Jack Frost fits into it very nicely. With all the people who got very, very upset about a killer Santa Claus in Silent Night, Deadly Night, and Christmas Evil, and Tales from the Crypt, here's something else. A killer snowman. Why didn't people become outraged about Frosty the Snowman Being a serial killer and committing huge acts of violence among a picturesque Christmas small town, I don't know. It's probably because this movie, Jack Frost, flew under the radar during the time it was released. So Jack Frost was originally supposed to be a film that was budgeted for $30 million, directed by Rennie Harlan, But then the writer of the film, a man named Michael Cooney, after that funding had evaporated, he decided, I'm just going to make the movie myself uh, and cast the people that I love, um, which is great. Michael Cooney had never directed a movie before Jack Frost, and he undertook the director's role because... There simply wasn't enough money to pay a director. Um, Once the $30 million budget went away, Michael Cooney recalibrated and made this film, which I think is one of the great classic unknown joys of Christmas horror. Um, It really is the definition of camp. And... So many films try to get camp right, uh, and very few do. This might surprise many people, but my favorite film ever made is Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, which was released in 1970, directed by Russ Meyer, and uh, written by Roger Ebert, the uh, film critic who was the biggest film critic of the next couple decades until his death. Uh, And the folks who were in Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, noting that its storyline was absolutely ridiculous and stupid and crazy, would question Russ Meyer, the director, about if their scenes were supposed to be funny. And Russ Meyer would say, oh no. And... They're not. And Russ Meyer would give deep method acting motivation for all the scenes that they uh, were going to do. And of course, Beyond the Valley of the Dolls is hugely funny. And the reason why it's funny is, and the reason why it's camp, is that the actors involved take it totally seriously. They are playing their roles to the hilt, what they need, and what they want, and what the stakes are, and it's just ultimately hilarious. And that's really the same thing with Jack Frost, which was released finally in 1997. It was originally filmed several years later. They started filming it in 1993, 1994, and when the budget got cut, they decided they would film as much as they could with the resources they could until it was finally released direct to VHS in 1997. Now, one of my great, great horror host heroes, and you would know that if you've been listening to this podcast from the beginning, is Joe Bob Briggs, who I first encountered on uh, in Monster Vision on the television network TNT in the late 1990s and early 2000s when I was in high school. And Joe Bob Briggs is kind of fra- famous for giving a rant for each film he hosts. And if you are a subscriber to the horror movie Uh, streaming service Shudder, which you should be. It is only $5.99 per month, www.shudder.com. There's some great content there, and Joe Bob Briggs was resurrected on that streaming service with his show The Last Drive-In, co-hosted with Darcy the Mail Girl, a.k.a. Diana Prince. But Joe Bob Briggs is notorious for his rants. And I'm going to take this opportunity to give a little bit of a rant right now in this episode of 12 Nights of Terror. It relates inextricably to Jack Frost, I promise. So I am 36 years old. And I have noticed on the internet a lot of nostalgia for Blockbuster Video in the past year or two. And that frankly really pisses me off. Because Blockbuster Video was the Walmart of the video rental system. They censored the titles that they just put on display. Um, Blockbuster was not a good video store. What I want to really celebrate in this moment is the mom and pop video stores that were annihilated by Blockbuster Video and were hugely successful before Blockbuster became a thing. When I was growing up in the late 1980s and 1990s, we had two neighborhood video video rental stores, one of which my mother had actually worked at. And my mother uh, had actually uh, recorded many films during her time working at this video rental store before the technology of VHS uh, caught up with the fact that you could very easily just copy the movies. Um... But that's how I first saw The Watcher in the Woods, Disney's great elusive horror movie from the early 1980s. That is how I first saw The Midnight Hour, released in 1985, The Year I Was Born, which I think is the best Halloween horror movie ever made, and countless others. But in the mom-and-pop video stores. You could see such a huge selection of films that were not censored, not curated, just everything that was available. And me, growing up, I always gravitated to the horror section, as one does. And back in those days, the VHS box art was the way that you sold the movie. So there were many movies that I saw just the VHS box art of when I was, you know, 10 years old, 12 years old, 15 years old. Movies that my parents would definitely not allow me to watch, but that the VHS box art made me aware of. Um, It was in this way that I became aware of the evil dead. It was in this way that I became aware of Night of the Creeps, that I became aware of Night of the Demons, one of the best VHS box uh, art, I have to say. Uh, And so it was a way to surround yourself with horror, knowing that, your parents wouldn't let you rent it, but that you would someday, and that would implant itself in your brain. And I really miss that. I really miss those days of wandering through the horror section of the mom and pop VHS video uh, VHS rental store and seeing movies that, oh my God, just that visual terrifies me and I hope I get to experience it one day when I'm old enough. Uh, One of the VHS stores that uh, I went to in my local hometown had a huge standee of one of the Critters from the Critters movies uh, in the horror section, which I always really loved. So all that is to say And I told you, this is all relevant to Jack Frost. Jack Frost is one of those VHS box covers that I saw when I was in high school in 1997 and that I never forgot. Um, And Jack Frost had a VHS box cover that was kind of a hologram that... Depending on what angle you looked at it, it would change shape. But what you would mostly see and noticed, as intended, is the face of this grotesque, scary, spooky, horror killer, uh, snowman. Um... And that stayed with me for a long time. And I didn't actually get the chance to watch Jack Frost as a film until Joe Bob Briggs with Darcy the Mail Girl featured it on the last drive-in on Shudder during one of their Christmas specials. And oh my God, does Jack Frost live up to the reputation I had built up in my mind from middle and high school, seeing that VHS box cover as a child. Um, Jack Frost, I think, is, as I've said, a welcome respite from the series of 12 Nights of Terror that we've been going on, all the films that we have watched together so far have been very scary and traumatizing and horrific in different ways. Jack Frost is not scary whatsoever in any way, but Jack Frost is a perfect and hilarious Christmas movie, and I recommend that you Watch Jack Frost for the first time in an altered state. Um, Since it's Christmas, if you drink some eggnog and pour in a little extra, whatever you want, um, or if you imbibe on whatever natural herbal medicine that you choose to partake of, that is the setting in which you should watch Jack Frost. Um, I think it's a great movie uh, and a nice camp classic in the midst of all this terror. So Jack Frost, as I said, was filmed in 1993-1994 And it was filmed in uh, the town of Big Bear, California, which is in northern California. And they usually get a lot of snow there, which is why many Christmas or winter-themed movies film in that section of California. But when Jack Frost was being made, it was the warmest winter on record. It was 70 degrees every day. There was no snow, so... Every bit of snow that you see in Jack Frost is totally fake. And they used many different um, kinds of fake snow for Jack Frost. They used foam, they used paper, and many other different things. And it's kind of comical that a film about a killer snowman is made in a time when there is no actual snow. And if you watch the film knowing that all the snow that you see on screen is fake, you really can't unsee it. Uh, It's pretty obvious. So Jack Frost is the brainchild of a writer named Michael Cooney who had the idea for Jack Frost, the idea of a killer snowman, about 10 years before the movie was actually made. So it really fits in with several other Christmas horror movies that we've talked about so far, in that this film was really a labor of love, and that uh, after the budget collapsed and there was no money, the writer Michael Cooney said We're going to make this movie anyway. And Michael Cooney also directed this movie, even though he had never directed a movie before because they simply could not afford to hire someone to direct the film. Uh, And Michael Cooney does a really terrific job directing this film. If you want, and I hope you do, when you watch Jack Frost... It really captures that small-town Christmas atmosphere that you want in a Christmas horror movie. I think uh, the atmosphere that it creates is comparable to Gremlins, which we'll get to a little later. And it's also kind of like if Twin Peaks had ever done a Christmas horror special... Um, because this movie is populated by some of the greatest character actors alive in the 1990s. When you watch Jack Frost, you're going to see all these actors playing all these different townspeople in the town of Snowmonton, which is, I think, a first hint (laughs) that this is going to be camp and not terrifying. Uh, but these actors are all folks that you have seen in a million different movies, in a million different episodes of a million different television series, and they're all terrific. What makes Jack Frost truly succeed is its cast, because in all of these parts of all of these townspeople, they play the situation entirely straight as if it is life and death no matter what ridiculous lines of dialogue that they are being asked to say in any particular scene. And I think that's the true definition of camp because camp doesn't work when the actors play it as if they are in on the joke. Camp works when the actors who are playing it Play it as if it is Shakespearean tragedy. And that's what the folks who act in Jack Frost do. And they're all terrific. It, it's just a hugely well-acted movie. And the performances of all the ensemble cast is a huge part of what makes this film as wickedly entertaining as it is. So what is Jack Frost actually about? Um, The opening credits do a really terrific job of setting the scene and establishing the Christmas atmosphere in this film, in which... Um, someone tells a little girl the legend of Jack Frost. And both the narrator voice in the opening credits and the voice of the little girl who responds to the narrator are both played by writer-director Michael Cooney Um, does a really terrific job of setting the scene for this film. So, Jack Frost, in the context of this movie is a serial killer who has been caught uh, finally by a police by a policeman uh, named Sam, who is played by Christopher Allport. and Jack Frost, the titular serial killer, is played by Scott McDonald. and Scott McDonald, as well as pretty much everyone else in this cast, Was renowned as a theater actor, had received, had been in Tony Award nominated and winning plays on Broadway. Um, But anyway, uh, so the serial killer Jack Frost is being transported to execution, and the truck that he is being transported into collides with a truck that contains genetic. Uh, experimental material and the serial killer Jack Frost gets doused with that genetic experimental material and then he dissolves um, in a bloody and gory way into the snow on the ground and then disappears and then resu- uh, resurrects as a killer snowman and one of the things about Jack Frost as a killer snowman is that, as the townspeople of Snowmonton eventually learn, he is able to both melt into complete liquid and then reincarnate as a full snowman. And Jack Frost, the serial killer snowman then wreaks havoc on the town of Snowmonton against all those who tried to get him executed. And this is one of those movies that I don't really want to tell you much more about the plot, because this film is a wild ride. It is hugely entertaining, and like all camp classics, it features just wonderful one-liners. And also, as with the best Christmas horror movies that we've seen so far, features immensely creative kills. There's uh, one kill that happens with Um, A teenage bully who is then decapitated by a snow sled, kind of reminiscent of the scene in Silent Night, Deadly Night that we talked about a few uh, nights ago. Um, But before that bully is decapitated by Jack Frost via sleigh, uh, the bully says to a young innocent child, killer santa uh or or killer snowman huh um so that gives you an example of how on the nose some of the camp horror comedy of jack frost is and there are really a lot of great lines that happen in this film uh and i'm not going to spoil them but there it's just really really funny um very reminiscent of The Crypt Keeper uh, that we've talked about with Tales from the Crypt, one of the very first horror hosts in any medium, and especially The Crypt, Keeter, uh, the Crypt Keeper as embodied by John Cassier in the 1980s and 1990s HBO TV series of Tales from the Crypt, where uh, Jack Frost, the snowman killer, gives these one-liners that are just very dark and macabrely funny, Um, one of which, uh, after the killer snowman kills a townsperson uh, with an axe by shoving the wood end of the axe down the person's throat, um, says, I only axed you for a cigarette. So that's the kind of movie that we're watching. Um, And because this film was extremely low budget, you don't actually see Jack Frost, the snowman killer, in action for quite a long time because they couldn't afford special effects. So what you see most of the time when these killers are being done is someone in a foam white arm, just sort of swiping across the screen. And then you get, oh, there's suddenly a horrific kill. Um, One of those happens fairly early in the film uh, to a woman who is both strangled with Christmas lights and has her face um, uh, frequently smashed down into glass-made Christmas uh, decorations. And as someone who is in a three-cat household now, I know the folly of the glass Christmas decoration. Um, But this uh, film is probably most famous for a scene involving Shannon Elizabeth, who is probably the most famous actor involved in Jack Frost. It wasn't famous at the time it was made, but became famous afterward. Uh, Shannon Elizabeth was most well-known for her subsequent roles in American Pie and the original Scary Movie. This was one of her first film roles. It was her first nude scene, uh, and she uh, uh, wrote in uh, said in an interview that, She made this movie before she got her breast implants, which, good for her. Um, But Jack Frost is sometimes most famous for the scene in which Jack Frost, the snowman killer, as we know, can melt and then reform into a snowman, and Shannon Elizabeth decides to take a bath in a bathtub, and Jack Frost, the serial killer um comes in and there's a scene uh and like the Evil Dead which as I was growing up was um kind of thought of as like oh that's the woman where that's the movie where a woman is assaulted by a tree uh Jack Frost was a film that was known as oh that's the movie where a woman is assaulted by a... Uh, killer Santa Claus in the bathtub, and the thing. Don't worry. Um, it's not a ho- It's not like a horrific scene to watch. It's not staged that way. And the reason why it's not upsetting to watch is because that scene was not intended to be depicted as assu- as a sexual assault. Um, originally, originally. Which, you see, in the movie, the uh, Jack Frost, the killer snowman, uh, hits Shannon Elizabeth against the shower wall several times until she's dead. Uh, But as they were editing the film, um, writer-director Michael Cooney and its editor Terry Kelly, Terry Kelly brought Michael Cooney into the editing room and was like, you see what this looks like, right? Um, and so they re-edited the film uh, to tell that particular story, which made is one of the things that made Jack Frost notorious by accident. There are so many quotable lines in this film uh, that I ori- when I started preparing this episode. I originally started writing all of the famous lines down just so I could repeat them all, but really, we'd be here forever, Um, and I'd rather you discover it for yourself. So, Jack Frost is a horror camp classic. It is true camp, performed utterly seriously, by a cast of extremely gifted character actors, all of which you have seen many times in many different contexts, whether you know it or not. And it is a tremendous amount of fun. It is a film that brings comedy to Christmas and just ridiculous kills and just... Delightful nonsense. It, it's just an enjoyable watch. Uh, Jack Frost did receive a sequel directed and written by Michael Cooney, which is called Jack Frost 2 Revenge of the Mutant Killer Snowman. That came out in 2000. I have not watched it. I intend on correcting that very, very soon. So, I cannot recommend Jack Frost enough. If you want a little bit of lightness and camp and just fun in our 12 nights of terror, and again, it's best if you are not totally sober for watching this movie, um enjoy. So where can you watch Jack Frost? Fortunately, Jack Frost is one of the few films in our 12 Nights of Terror series that is pretty much available to stream everywhere. Um, It is available to stream on Amazon Prime. It is available to stream on Tubi, which is a free streaming service. And you can also watch it on Shudder, the horror streaming service. And if you have Shudder, which, as I will say again and again and again, if you're a horror fan, you should subscribe to Shudder. And if you have Shudder, you can watch Jack Frost hosted by Joe Bob Briggs and Darcy the Male Girl. It is a wonderful addition to the Christmas horror movie canon, hugely ridiculous and enjoyable, watch it, my friend. Hi friends, thank you for joining me for Hitchens on Horror and our series of 12 Nights of Terror where we explore the very best in holiday fear. Tomorrow night, for our next installment of 12 Nights of Terror, we are going to move onward from a killer's a snowman to 30 Days of Night. A film of winter where the vampires are coming for you. I am your host, Josh Hitchens. Thank you for joining me tonight. Happy holidays and pleasant dreams.